Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Last night, it's close to bedtime because I was in bed trying to go to sleep. And I heard, boom, pow, boom, 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 boom. Anybody on this part of the town or maybe even on the other side of town heard some people that must have had maybe about, mm, I don't know, a hundred bazillion fireworks going off. Boom, 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 boom. And I sat there disenjoying it there's not a word like that but I didn't know how else to say it wasn't really a, a fan at the moment but the longer I sat the more I realized do we know why we do that do we know why we celebrate the fourth do we know why and so I'm doing my best today to take cues from my bishop And I'm going to preach, don't forget God, America. Don't forget God, America. In honor of the fourth and this time of year, I'm going to be uh, perhaps political, but that's not my intent. My intent is revival. My intent is to see God move in America. I want to begin with two scriptures from Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 34 and then Psalm chapter 9 and verse 17. And these these verses are often recalled when thinking of a nation. Proverbs 14, 34, righteousness exalteth a nation. Doesn't say what nation. Doesn't say Israel. It says a nation. So I'm, I'm taking that, that any nation that has righteousness would be exalted. But sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness exalted the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Then back to Psalm chapter 9 and verse 17. This is a powerful verse in itself. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. So righteousness exalts nations and a nation that forgets God will be turned into hell. Can I just let that sobering thought sink in for a moment? In the consideration of where we are, Don't forget God, America. Don't forget God, America. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, Lord Jesus, thankful for this this nation, imperfect as we are, messed up as we are. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord, that there has been years and seasons that America has been uh, the missionary launching point around the world. God, that this has been a country that 
looked in its ways to lift you up. God, I pray today that you would forgive us as a people. Lord, as a people that walked away from the foundations of our humble beginning. Lord, today would you send revival fires across America. Send revival fires, Lord, I pray, Lord, in in every part of the country. God, from California to Florida, Lord, today would you just send revival. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Don't forget God, America. God bless you. Be seated. Our history is relatively short as a nation when you consider the history of the Egyptians or the Chinese. But perhaps no other nation has had a greater impact on world history in a short period of time like the United States of America. We are blessed with defining liberty and freedom unlike a lot of other places. We have the freedom to worship. We have the freedom to not worship. We have the freedom to choose and how we choose. And it's supposed to be granted to each and every person. In America, we have the freedom to work or not work. We have the freedom to succeed or to fail. In America, you got the freedom to use your brain or not use your brain. You have the freedom to use your energies and uh, and pursue wealth and pursue jobs and security. Amen. Or you can have a smaller goal like just getting up in the morning. We have freedom. Freedom. We have freedom to speak our minds without fear of reprisal. Uh, Let me backtrack. We sometimes have the freedom to speak our minds without fear of reprisal. To express our thoughts, we're supposed to be readily able to do that. Amen. America's got the freedom to not only have liberties, but with freedom comes responsibility. Because there cannot be freedom without responsibility. Amen. The founding fathers likened it to a triangle is that we have freedom, responsibility, and faith. And without those three, you really cannot enjoy true liberty. But America, the United States of America, has been blessed by God. We are a land of great resources. We are a land of great beauty. We are a land of a lot of people. And by and large, we have been a a nation that has followed after helping people get free. The Bible says righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Justice exalts a nation. Righteousness in cause and righteousness in case exalts a nation. Righteousness and truthfulness exalts a nation. Being ethically right and morally right exalts a nation. To be righteous in conduct and character. To declare righteousness as a nation. We are a blessed nation. 
Those of you that have traveled abroad, you understand that this is a great place to live. Amen. Can you just thank the Lord for just a few moments for what he has done? We're going to send off some fireworks of praise right now for this land that we live in. Thank you, God, for what we have today. Praise God. Praise God. Hmm. Just had a revelation. Sister Peggy's not here today. There's no water underneath my desk. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Sister Peggy, I'm watching you. If you're watching today, we miss you. <laughs> Be sure to tell her that. America, United States. Some years ago, Richard DeVogus, co-founder of Amway Corporation, made a comparison of America and what was then known as the Soviet Union. He told what America would have to do to equal Russia, what we would have to do to be like Russia. We would have to rip up 13 of every 14 miles of our paved highways. For all those that are winking and courting socialism, let me just read this to you. We'd have to rip up 13 of every 14 miles of our paid highway. We'd have to scrap 19 of every 20 cars and trucks. We'd have to destroy 2,000 of our colleges. We'd have to destroy 7 out of every 10 single family home and cut our living standard by two-thirds to equal Russia. Wow. I don't know about you. But I kind of like my paved roads. Amen. I know that in the, in, in the great state of Indiana that our state motto and our state flower is the, is the orange and yellow barrels. I get that. But thank the Lord today for, for America. Thank the Lord today for a blessed nation. But to understand uh, uh, where we are today, we have to sometimes go back to our roots our nation was first settled by people who came to these shores looking to express their religious freedom. Amen. Look here. Praise God. Thank you, Brother B. Mm. But our, 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 our beginnings came from how many remember the pilgrims? Remember the story of Plymouth Rock and the Mayflower? And how that we landed. I don't know if they're teaching this in the schools yet today. But in 1620, they had something called the Mayflower Compact. Amen. This is the humble beginnings of our nation. And these words are in the Mayflower Compact. In the name of God, amen. Having undertaken by the glory of of God and for the advancement of the Christian faith do solemnly and mutually in the presence of God covenant and combine ourselves together. Those soldiers or those settlers went on to say, we came here for the glory of God and for the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I realize that that doesn't please some people today, but that's where we came from. In 16, 
uh, uh, 23, just, just, or 1643, just 23 years later, as more and more people came to the shores of New England, they formed a confederation known as the New England Confederation. This was written, uh, their first written constitution of groups meeting together in 1643. In that confederation constitution, it begins, whereas we all came into these parts with one and the same end and aim, namely to advance the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ and to enjoy the liberties of the gospel in purity and in peace. America, the United States of America, was founded by men and women who acknowledged God as their supreme leader. They acknowledged him as the prime rule for life. They were not perfect. Not all of them were even fundamentalist Christians, but to a man they acknowledged that God was the supreme ruler over man and over government. That's our start. That is our start. <clears throat> Patrick Henry, when it came closer to the farming of our country, said these words. It cannot be emphasized, quote, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not on religionists, but by Christians. Not on religion, but by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Patrick Henry. Amen. George Washington said in his farewell address to the nation, quote, do not let anyone claim tribute of American patriotism if they even attempt to remove religion from politics, unquote. Y'all with me for a, a, a little history today? Y'all with me? Amen. For a little bit of history. Thomas Jefferson, who was not even a, uh, we would consider a, a radical Christian. He was a deist, but he said this. The first amendment was created, has created a wall of separation between church and state. But that wall is one directional wall. It keeps the government from running the church, but it makes sure that Christian principles will always stay in government. Unquote. I wish our Supreme Court would read this. John Adams said, we have no government armed with power cable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Our constitution, he said, was made for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to govern any other. What is he saying? He's saying without understanding the God that the Constitution was written on and the beginning of our country was written on, people won't know how to live. People will not know how to live. Amen. So you see that despite the modern secularist 
politicians despite the contemporary media or what the history revisionists say. America was founded not on the concept of freedom of just worship of any God, but it was founded on the concept of Christian God. It was founded upon the concept of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. It was something that, that they began with a passion to live to the best of their ability to know God. For more than 14 months after the Battle of Lexington and Concord, April 19, 1775, the Patriots fought not for their independence, but rather fought for their rights within the British Empire. At first, they were just simply wanting their rights, not to uh, have a revolt, but just simply their rights. For their rights have been gradually taken away, and even more after the Boston Tea Party, and so hundreds of Americans gave their lives to regain those rights. 400 died at Bunker Hill alone. It was during this time of the conflict that Patrick Henry, the fiery politician from Virginia said in his famous speech to the Virginia Provincial Convention, rather, he said, three million people armed in the holy cause of liberty and in such a country that is what we possess are invincible by any force which our enemy can send against us. Besides, sir, we shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God who presides over the destiny of nations and who, who, who will raise up friends to fight our battle for us. Battle, sir, is not the strong alone. It is for the vigilant, the active, and the brave. Besides, sir, it is not too late to retire from the contest. Or rather, it is too late to retire from the contest. There is no retreat, but in submission there is slavery. Our chains are forged. Their clanking may be heard in the plains of Boston. The war is inevitable, and it let it come. I repeat, sir, let it come. It is vain, sir, uh, to escape the matter. Gentlemen may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war was actually begun already. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What is it that gentlemen wish? What would they have us do? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to purchase at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what other course may take. And this is the line most people remember him by. And that is, for. but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. What is he saying? He said there's a valiant cause and God is on our side. Early in the summer of 1776 at the meeting of the Constitutional Congress on July 2nd, the colonies voted to announce their declaration that they would accept nothing less than absolute freedom from England. 
Two days later on July 4th, after making some minor adjustments to the text, the final wording was ratified and signed by the 56 members representing the 13 colonies. I remember John Hancock's name being big. What was it? He said, I want to make sure that the king can read it and know that this is me. Amen. John Adams, who was a member of the drafting committee, was so excited with the vote on July 2nd that he wrote his wife back in Massachusetts saying, the 2nd of July, 1776, will be the most memorable day in the history of America. I believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival with shows, games, sports, balls, bonfires, uh, illuminations from one end of the country to the other from this time forward and forevermore. Well, he got it off just a couple days, but still yet today and last night, uh, there was explosions going off in a little town called Medora celebrating, whether they realized it or not. Amen. But I think we need to go back and, and think every time we see a firework, God send revival to America. Every time we see the wave of, of, of oh glory, God send revival to America. God send revival to America. Most of us are familiar with the prologue of the declaration that says we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and empowered by the creator with certain inalienable rights that among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They didn't say life, liberty, and happiness. They said the pursuit of happiness. Amen. You know why? Because these founders were wise. They acknowledged that the rights were life and liberty. Amen. And the pursuit of happiness. If there's anybody that knew what, what they were not in happy state then, but they were willing to pursue happiness. Now we live in a society where everybody says to the government, make me happy, supply my needs, take care of me. Amen. Why don't you just get up and make your freedom of choice and pursue your own happiness, pursue your own life, pursue it that we have in this country now. They were saying we want a form of government whose job is to protect and to guard what the creator has given us a right to. As you read the Declaration of Independence, you discover what follows the prologue are about 15 or 16 charges against King George of Britain. <clears throat> against King George of Britain, but as they come to the uh, final, the closing they therefore, they, they, they make more references to God. Listen to what they said. We therefore, the representative of the United States of America and in general Congress assembled appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions. They were saying we're appealing to you England. We're declaring our independence but we're also appealing to a higher power, the supreme judge of the world, God himself, amen, for divine providence. What were they saying? God, we want want your will. God, we want your way. So I'd like to see this happen in Congress and Senate and on C-SPAN. As they were having their Declaration of Independence writing, and after they had a lot of debate, they could not come to an agreement. 
They were fragmented. They were set apart. It is said that a white-haired man by the name of Benjamin Franklin rose to his feet and said, Gentlemen, if it is true that not one single petal from any flower falls to the ground without escaping God's attention, will the distress of this nation go unheeded? Let us therefore determine to seek his face. Instead of having more debate, you know what they did? All of them hit their knees and began to pray and ask God for help. That's why we need to remember where we came from. They promptly fell on their knees and began to pray. And from that prayer meeting came out to Ubus Plumus Unum, however you say it, which means one out of many, one out of many. John Quincy Adams, who would later on become president himself, would say in 1821 about the Declaration of Independence, he said, from the time of the Declaration of Independence, the American people were bound by the laws of God and the laws of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which they all acknowledge as the root of, of their conduct, we all came together to obey the word of God. If you want to know why America has been successful, it is because we began as a nation that fell on our face, whether we understood all truth or whether they all agreed and some were deist and some were different beliefs, but they fell on their face and said, we want to know that we're following the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. That was a bold declaration. That was a bold move. I would to God that there would be prayer meetings break out across our halls of Congress, across our government, amen, in our Supreme Court, in our White House, in our state legislators, amen. You can march all you want to, that's your right, but I'd sooner see a revival fire sweep across America that puts us back on our face before God. Don't forget America. Don't forget God, America. Not only were they challenging their situation, but they were challenging the most powerful nation and empire of the world at their time. They entered the war without a navy and without an army. Their fighting force consisted only of militia units and, and in various colonies. <clears throat> but they did pay a price. After the Americans declared their independence, they had to win it by force. The task proved especially difficult, partly because, do you realize, one-third of the colonies were for England, one-third of the colonies were Switzerland, which means they didn't care, they were neutral, and one-third is what won us the revolution. One-third of the country is what won the revolution. If just one-third, amen, of our churches would begin to pray for revival, I wonder what would happen. If just one-third of the apostolic churches would begin to pray for revival, amen, I realize that the spiritual attack is great and the oppression is great, but oh, that we would fall upon our face and declare in the spirit what our forefathers had to declare in the natural. Let us declare it in the spirit. We are the people of God. We are the children of God. Amen. 
Amen. And we want to stand for the gospel. Amen. These that signed the Declaration of Independence were no wimps. Their convictions brought them suffering to themselves and to their family. Of the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence, five were captured by the British and tortured before they died. Twelve lost their homes or they were ransacked and burned. Two lost their sons in Revolutionary War. Another two sons were captured. Nine of the 56 fought and died with wounds from the hardship of war. Carter Braxton of Virginia, a wealthy planter and trader, saw his ships sunk by the British Navy. He sold his home and property and died a pauper. At the Battle of Yorktown, the British General Cornwallis had taken over Thomas Nelson's home for his headquarters. Amen. And Thomas Nelson told quietly to George Washington, bomb my home. Bomb my home. Amen. John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside when she was dying. Their 13 children fed for their, fled for their lives. His fields were destroyed and a year later, uh, or rather he lived for over a year in forests and caves, returning home to find that his wife had died and his children vanished. Amen. He later died himself of exhaustion. I want to tell you, are you, are you that committed to revival? Are you committed to letting things go for revival? Are you committed to simply say, I want God in my life? It is said and it's called the General's Prayer related to George Washington. He said, during the dark days of the American Revolution, when the Continental Army had experienced several setbacks, a farmer who lived near the battlefield approached Washington's camp unheard. Suddenly his ears caught an earnest voice raised in agonizing prayer. On coming nearer, he saw it was the general down on his knees in the snow, his cheeks wet with tears, he was asking God for assistance and guidance. The farmer crept away and returned home and said to his family, It's going to be all right. We're going to win. What makes you think so, his wife responded. Well, said the farmer, I heard General Washington pray out in the woods today. Such fervent prayer I have never heard. And God will surely hear and answer that kind of praying. Amen. Would to God. That would be us. Amen. Don't forget God, America. Don't forget God, America. Don't forget God and America. Not all ended up in that way. The war that began in 19... Uh, or in 1775, officially ended in the Treaty of Paris, signed in 1783, nearly two years after the Battle of Yorktown. Amen. The Americans made a when they made a bold declaration, they paid a high price and they reaped a great reward. And a particular kind of nation was established, a nation unlike any other in human history, any other in human history. And though many signers of the declaration paid a high price, 
place and reap. There are others that reap a great reward. Two of them became presidents. Ten became U.S. congressmen. Nineteen became judges. Sixteen became governors. And dozens of them held uh, other high political office. Not to be, not to, not to forget that they are our history. God bless America. God help America. But don't forget God America. Amen. We began by breaking off the shackles of tyranny. Don't forget God. We prayed then. We need to pray now. We survived a civil war that cost our nation dearly. But don't forget God America. Amen. We fought and won against two foreign enemies on soil that we did not own. Amen. But God must be remembered. We stood against Korea and Vietnam and communism. Don't forget God. We kicked out a two-bit dictator out of the Middle East. Don't forget God, America. We hunted down uh, terrorists in Afghanistan. Don't forget God. I realize that maybe not all these causes are worthy in gospel, but what I'm saying is that somehow we must put God back in America again. We're a great nation with a great history. The famous political philosopher uh, Alexius de Tocqueville visited our shores and wanted to see how that a handful of people defeated the mighty British Empire. He traveled all across from shore to shore looking for the greatness in our harbors, looking for the greatness in our rivers, looking for greatness in our fertile fields and our bold forests. He studied our schools, our military, our Congress, our Constitution, but he still could not find the secret. It wasn't until he went into our churches and he heard that our pulpits were aflame with righteousness preaching that he found the answer and when he returned to Europe, he wrote this warning. America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. Righteousness exalts a nation. Again, protest if you want. Do your duty. Make sure you vote. But let me just tell you this. Can we go back to our knees? And pray for a nation that's still sending out missionaries. For a nation that still has the freedom at this moment to preach the gospel on every place. To invite people to be baptized. To, to tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh God, keep that door open for one more soul. For one more revival. Amen. I, I, until you come back, let us, America, oh God, be able to have camp meetings and be able to have conferences and all these different life-changing events. Oh, that'll never happen. That, we'll never lose that. We'll never. Do you realize that they've already voted 
in California to try to limit what a preacher can preach behind the pulpit. Righteousness exalt a nation. Righteousness. Amen. God bless those that are standing. But I want to tell you, this is not about Donald Trump. This is not about Democrat, Republican. This is about God. Don't forget God. Don't forget God. Don't forget God. Righteousness. Do you realize that our government breakdown is based on Scripture? The breakdown of our government comes from Isaiah 33, 22. The Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. And the Lord is our king. And he will save us. What they did is they took that Scripture and they made the judge being the judicial branch, the lawgiver being the legislative branch, and the king being the executive branch. Isaiah 33, 22. You can go to Europe today and you will find churches that are still subsidized by the state. Where state taxes go to subsidize churches. Not in America. When the people in many of European nations pay their taxes and their tax money, they're keeping the church running. No wonder there isn't a revival. How about the fact that we can have separation of the church and state on, I like what he said, one way. Jefferson said one way. But let the church influence the government. How do we do that? We influence it by prayer. We influence it by living righteous. We influence it by living holy ourselves. Righteousness exalted a nation. But sin has reproached any people. 1963, the Supreme Court took prayer out of schools. How's that helped us? The next ruling moved the Bible readings from the classrooms. How's that help us? They took the Ten Commandments off the walls of schools and public buildings. How has that helped us? The court ruled that there are certain segments of our society that does not have rights. It's known as the unborn. And millions upon millions of abortions are performed. Amen. How has that helped us? A young woman that wrote a term paper on the life of Jesus as an assignment. The most admired man in all of history got an F not because her paper was bad, but because she wrote about Jesus. Amen. Uh, tragically, it was acceptable and upheld by even the courts. Now we find that yet another way is that the Ninth Circuit Court ruling said that we can take God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. Amen. In 2012, the Democrat Party removed all reference of God and the support of Israel from their platform. Where have we gone from from there? Laws are being passed and pushing us. What are we saying? We're forgetting God. Let's push him out. Let's push him out. Let's push him out. Amen. But let us push him back in. Let's push him back in. Don't take him out of your own life. Don't take him out of your own home. Don't take him out of your own school. Amen. You can take God back to your school with you. you. Take God to your university. Take God to your job. Take God everywhere you go. Amen. Rachel Joy Scott, you may have remembered her name, but she was one of the victims of the Columbine Massacre where two teenage boys went in 
to a high school and went on a killing spree. And this is the question they ask each of their victims. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? Rachel was among those victims. Rachel's father, Donald Scott, spoke before the United States Senate several years ago, and this is what he said. I'm here today to declare that Columbine was not just a tragedy. It was a spiritual event that should be forcing us to look at where the real blame lies. Much of that blame lies here in this room. I'm sure that went over. Much of that blame lies behind the finger pointing of the accusers themselves. He said, I wrote a poem just four nights ago that expresses my feelings. This poem was written before I knew I would be speaking here today. Here's his poem. Your laws ignored our deepest needs. Your words are empty air. You've stirred, you, rather, you stripped away our heritage. You've outlawed simple prayer. Now gunshots fill our classrooms and our precious children die. You seek for answers everywhere and you ask the question why. You regulate restrictive laws through legislative creeds. And yet you fail to understand that it's God that we need. The psalmist said, blessed is the nation, Psalm 33 and 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And the people whom he hath chosen for his inheritance. So what do we need? Revival. 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 We have not come to this crazy moment to give up. We've not come to this crazy moment to just say, okay, I'll acquiesce. Perhaps the, the words of Mordecai ought to ring in our ears. Who knows, but you have been given this opportunity for such a time as this. But if you don't, God will raise up someone else to do what you've been called to do. Amen. I don't want someone else taking my place. I don't want God could raise up some person that doesn't even know truth right now. Pour truth into them and understanding into them and they pick up the mantle of revival and run on. Amen. I cannot afford to put my, my hands underneath my backside and just say it's going to be okay. That's why we got to pray. That's why we need to pray. That's why we need to be here Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Pray, 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 pray. Revival, backsliders back to God. We're going to see it in Jesus' name. Revival, sinners coming to God. We're going to see it in Jesus' name. Amen. Perhaps another law being passed will not do it, but I believe that there is a spiritual law much greater. Our enemy is not the left. Our enemy is not secularism. Our enemy is not socialism. Our enemy is not the wackadoodles that are running the show. Our enemy, according to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world. And while the church yawns, hell is having a heyday. 
Why we say, hey, I just want to play another Fortnite. I just want to just another five hours on Facebook. That's all. Four hours on TV every night. Get my fix. I just want to you know, leave me alone. But what is shaking hell's knees right now is realizing that a praying church is a stop sign to hell. A praying people is a stop sign to hell. Hallelujah. And we may be in a small town just nestled in the southern part in the hills of, of, of this, this beautiful place of southern Indiana. Just a small farming community. Amen. But oh, what havoc we can wreak on hell if we just decide we're going to make our declaration. Our declaration is I believe there's a God that's greater than any force of the darkness. I believe there's a God that is greater than any force of the darkness. I believe there's God that's bigger than anything the devil has got to throw our way because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So what are you saying, Pastor? I don't want America to fit forget God, but surely church remember God. Put God back in your mind. Put God in your life. Put God in your politics. Our war is spiritual. Not natural. Oh, that we would have the attitude of John Paul Jones, who in September 23rd, 1779 said, I have not yet begun to fight. We don't need another revolution, political uprising. We need revival. Stand with me, please. It is time to have a revival that attacks the sadistic serpent that wants to snip at our heels. Tells us there's no hope. Baloney. Tells us that we got to stay bound with depression and anxiety. Baloney. The enemy that says you are just a part of a generational curse. Brother David and I, in our last podcast, sit down with Bishop Walls, and we released the first part, and the second part will be coming out in a couple weeks, but we sit down with him, and he said something that struck me. We're talking about character in the ministry, and he said a person isn't born with character. They've got to develop it. You're born with all kinds of issues in your life. But just as much as non-decision can lead you down a road of generational curses, you can break it by making a choice to say, not in my house, not in my life. So your parents were abusive and your grandparents were abusive. And so you had a, a sorry past and your dad was not very much or your mom was not very much and your grandparents were not very much. You can decide, I'm making a declaration today. I'm going to sign it big so the enemy can see. I declare I'm free. I declare I'm free from that abuse. I declare I'm free from that abuse. I'm talking to some people today that's been sexually abused. Amen. You can write your own declaration today. I'm talking about somebody that's been physically abused. You can write your own declaration today. Mentally abused. 
says, I can't be free. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Amen. I'm putting God back in my discussion. I'm putting God back in my life. Amen. I can be victorious over sin. I do not have to be bound by nicotine abuse, unforgiveness and bitterness and hatred and and unfulfilled expectation. I can live in victory. So I make my own declaration. God's in my life every day. Every day. I want to invite you to come to pray. And I want to encourage you to make some declarations in your own mind. Amen. Righteousness exalts a nation, then it exalts a home. Righteousness exalts a nation, then it exalts a person. Righteousness exalts a nation, it exalts a marriage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Freedom. We sing about it. Oh, freedom. Freedom, freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom to exercise our worship. Freedom to exercise our power in prayer. Not by polls or opinion, but by prayer. But by prayer, by prayer. I'm putting God back in my mind. God back in my life. Hallelujah. Israel was said, the Lord said, Israel, when you're successful, don't forget me. Don't forget me. Don't forget me when everything gets to going good. In your life right now, you may feel like everything's fine. Well, put God back in it. Make sure that God is in your life today. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our voices. Amen. Would you make a personal declaration right now? I'm free. I'm free in my mind. I'm free. I'm free from my thoughts. I'm not going to fall under the tyranny of the enemy's attack on my body. I'm free in the name of Jesus. Ah, hallelujah. I want to be whole in the name of Jesus. Completely set free. Holy, holy, holy declaration. I sign it today. I love you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. I bless your name. You are so good, Lord. You are so good to me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today I declare you have the authority in my life, Jesus. I declare that every element of my life is going to cooperate with your power and your spirit. Today is a new day. There's a new season of victory. I refuse to be frustrated over failures. I refuse to be frustrated over failures. I'm going to walk in the success of your power. Amen. Today, I press toward the mark. Hallelujah. Today, I press toward the mark. I will not surrender to anything that wants to overthrow your purpose in my life, God. I surrender to you, Lord. I surrender to you. Amen. I command my day to follow after your path. I thank you, God, for your victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, all power belongs to you. All power belongs to you. You're more powerful than every devil at work in America right now. 
You're more powerful than any drug devil. You're more powerful than any alcohol devil. You're more powerful than any depression devil. You're more powerful than any frustration, aggravating spirit. Amen. Every infirm spirit. You are more powerful than every sickness. Cancer cannot compare to you. Amen. Your anointing is upon me. Come on. Somebody say it. His anointing is upon me. His anointing is upon me. His anointing is upon my mind. I am going to flow in that anointing. Hallelujah. 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 Let me walk in harmony with you, O God. Lord, synchronize me with your will. Put me, Lord, in a place, God, that I'm following after you. Following after you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, because I know that the gates of hell will not prevail against me. It will not prevail against me. Hallelujah. Show me your ways, oh God. Teach me your ways, Lord. I'm talking about making a declaration today. I want to declare your way is my way. Let your Holy Spirit be in me every day. Show me your wisdom. Give me understanding and counsel, Lord, and might and knowledge in the fear of the Lord. I'm going to praise you today. I'm free. I'm free. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Thank you.